This time on TNT. It's Living It Up with Billy LaBounty. We have the New Year's Countdown with Thurston Williams. And we talk about, well, music, art, and life. All coming up right now on the New Year's Spectacular Edition of TNT. everybody how you doing it's the billy labounty show and uh i'm billy labounty and we're living it up you know the show we we talk about just being easy and free divorced we're done we're happy we're having a good time actually gotta say right now i'm a little bit hung because i was up late last night a lot of drinking don't feel great but i'll tell you what i got a great friend here right now billy labounty's good buddy we call him Lord Athelayton, his new name since his divorce, formerly known as Gordy Rubber, but we're going to call him Lord Athelayton, a famed wrestler as he was a kid. Loved him. Anyway, Lordy, how you doing, Lord? Uh, Lordy, Lordy, look who's divorcedy, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I, uh, I'm, you know what? Never better to be completely, completely, brutally, frankly honest with you. Never better. That's right. If I mean, if I'm I mean, being honest... Yeah. I, I I went on a date the other the other night. Oh, here uh, we go. It was a great one. Uh, we went to Chili's. Uh, we had uh, good food, a few drinks. And you know what? Oh, now it's getting good, yeah. Guess what I talked about all night. Oh, here we go. What? Wrestling. Talked about wrestling all night. And was, was she into it? Or did, did you get to practice some holds of your own? <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? But that's what I did. I talked about wrestling the whole dinner. And, uh, you know, I got drunk. And uh, I don't really remember much after that. I don't even know how I got home. But uh, That sounds know, like a good time. That's how it is when, 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 when you're living it up, right? I, well, I had a date this week. I've been meaning to tell you. I guess I was saving it for the show. I had a date this week, too. This girl, Kelly. Really? Yeah. You, you know what I talked about all night? What's that? Amanda, because I really, I really, I guess I just wanted her to have an obvious, honest sense of where I was at emotionally. So how'd you feel after that, that night? Well, um, I'll be honest. Okay. If, if you want me to be honest, I, we met at a hotel bar for a drink and, um, you know, we're, we're chatting away and, and I, uh, I, I guess I just started to, to talk about uh, Amanda and some of the things that she used to do, and it, I, it reminded me of a trip that we took, and uh, we no. had a drink in a different hotel bar, and uh, next thing I knew, I, I guess, because this person gave off the, the vibes that they were kind of open to like hearing about it, I, I started crying. I did. And I'm, See, I'm not ashamed Lord, of that, you know? Lord, Lord, you know what you need? I mean, come on. Lord, Athelayton here. You, you, we're going golfing this weekend. You and me. Oh, that'll trip. be fine. We're going golfing, and uh, guess what? We're going to stay up every night, late. We're going to have a lot of chips. We're going to have a lot of beer. And we're going to play golf maybe uh, three rounds a day. You know, We're going to drink during the day at the golf course. And if you want, at the end of the round on the Saturday, we can call your ex and just give it to her. <laughs> just do that. I well, mean, this I'm, is honestly, up, I'm trying to respect her space. Uh, a little bit oh, because she's oh. healing too and um it it'll be interesting playing golf because this will be the first time that, I, that i'll be using the putter amanda gave me for oh for crying out loud. for my okay. birthday last year listen but that it, that'll be hilarious guess what i'm doing tonight what are you doing i went down to my my favorite deli i got three different salamis three oh, different here we brands, go three different kinds of mustard oh there and it I'm is going I'm going to watch the football game tonight. And uh, I got, you know what? I painted my belly with the Bills logo. 
So we're gonna and uh, I'm gonna put it on the I'm gonna live stream it on my YouTube channel. Okay, because, t- tickling the salami. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because Josh Allen's playing so well, and I just don't care. And I'm living it up. And that's what I want you to do, Gord. Well, do you know what I'm doing tonight? What do you do? It's a little crazy. I'm getting uh, Chinese food takeout, but I'm also getting Thai. (laughs) You know why? What? Because it's Amanda's birthday, and and that's what we always did. Oh, okay, see? But you know what I mean, though? I just want to honor that, but without, like, getting too morose, or I don't want to wallow in it. I'm just being respectful of, like, I, of what we we, do, we always did. I do know what you mean. And, I, you know, I, I mean, you've been kind of... See, I'm living it up here. Me too. You know, I'm, That's the thing I'm of living it. it up. And it's good what I'm doing. I don't feel good right now, and I'm supposed to be living it up. You understand? You don't think I enjoyed my time with... With Pondy? <laughs> I, I, I know you did, and I know... I mean, for I, crying out loud, we went to Thailand for three weeks, six months ago. I know. That's the thing. And, the and thing, I loved every minute of it. The thing of it is, if, you you're, know if you're being honest God in your deep, darkest moments, you do miss her, and that's that's okay. It would be weird if you didn't. That's that's normal. I mean, do you think I wouldn't be happier if Pondy wasn't in my life right now? I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I think you probably would be happier. I think I think you're kind of not being honest with yourself. Well, this is about the life that you want, okay? Not about the life that you need. Okay. okay. It's called living it up. You know, the... the it's oh, living we, it up. Are we out of time? Because I was just going to say... The yeah, th- we're out of time. The third time Amanda cheated on me, it was hurtful. Oh, but I, you know what? But it was the fourth time that really stung. Anyway, living it up. This is Billy Labounty and we're living it up here. Living it up with some yacht rock. <laughs> who's that? <laughs> it's Bill Labounty. No, I know who that is, but who's this guy singing the song? That's the, the guy singing what? the song is Bill LeBounty. That's an actual guy? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just, that song's about, like, the next step after, I guess, you know, a big relationship, like marriage, and he's talking about how he's just partying. It actually is about that? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it sounds like. Living it up, you know. <laughs> Living it up. No longer in lockdown. Having, having having myself a time. Living it up from the whiskey to the wine. I've been living out all these fantasies that I never did before. Whatever, oh no, like really? <laughs> yeah. <and it's, laughs> He's it's getting like back out there. The <laughs> you want to okay, listen again? <laughs> Never did get to. Here it is. Crazy things I never got to do. Like what? What's on his like list? It's gotta be. It's gotta be like he's moving on for like he got dumped and he's he's getting it going. He's like, you know what? It's actually better. Do you think for Billy Labounty, life is actually better when he wrote this song, or do you think he's trying to convince himself of that? Well, the best the best jams generally come from heartache, right? For sure. It's probably after a real like rough time, and so yeah, he's trying to. Uh, Fool himself into that, thinking like <laughs> that's Billy Labonte's revenge bod <laughs> jam. He, he's <clears throat> you want to talk about yacht rock? I mean, this guy has an album cover with him in a rain jacket. <laughs> Why? Like a full on like full on sailor gear, and <laughs> it's it's called Bill Labonte. Rain in my life. No. 
<laughs> yeah, and that could be like rain in my life. Because he, He's you know, some... into each life a little rain must fall. With the single sailing without a sail. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? Here it is. <laughs> Definitely Jeff Picaro probably on the drums. Just crushing it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like grab a couple glasses of wine by the fire, getting things going music again. <laughs> like, we should probably turn in. <laughs> well, honestly, was there a bigger uh, genre of music? Other than soft rock, like from 1978 to 85, that was the number one selling music. And it's right? solely expressly designed for getting into things? Well, and television was like hand in hand with it, with all the cheesy television shows and the... Your Charlie's the Angels smar- is? The smarmy romance and the carpets and everything. It just all... What, what do the carpets have on. to do with that? Well, it's carpets is like 70s and 80s. I just hear carpets. Everything had carpets on it. Like, Remember like getting out of the bathtub to carpets? Yes. Remember those? Like the sunken bathtub in your bedroom? <laughs> getting out of the bath and your carpet. Carpet in a bathroom is a terrible idea. <laughs> oh, no, carpet in the bedroom with a bathtub. A jacuzzi in the bedroom, remember that? Yeah, I feel like that's every room at Niagara Falls. (laughs) Sunken with like big soft. (laughs) Carpet on the walls is a greasy move too. Oh yeah, because of the collecting. A Um, lot of collections. Bill Labonte's record titles are quite something because uh, one is This Night Won't Last Forever. (laughs) Yeah. And there's another called Promised Love. (laughs) Promised. Like, wait a sec. You promised. We have to get things going because you even said we would sometime. Yeah. The right direction. Into something blue. (laughs) Listen to these lyrics or the the song titles. I'm hurting, which is classic. And this one, clap me in irons. The hell is that about? Clap me in irons. <laughs> yeah, like like put them on. <laughs> Clap me in irons, like the big old school bangers with the around the ankles and the wrists, like shackles. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of party is that? <laughs> <laughs> like one of those stand in the box and that box closes on you styles. That's a seventies party if ever I've heard one. <laughs> You ever party with Billy Labounty? <laughs> Watch out! I ended up handcuffed to a mailbox. Well, it's not. It's not handcuffs. It's clap. It's irons, right? Irons is like the dungeon of like Game of Thrones style. Billy Labounty liked to get down, especially after his divorce. <laughs> divorce is maybe right. Yeah, but I don't like know I, if any of those records are paying his palimony, are they? <laughs> he put the pal in palimony. <laughs> I wonder if Billy Labounty had a good songwriting career for other dudes. I don't know. I, you want to dial him on the wiki, see what happens? I guess. <laughs> see if he penned any hits. I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. This is it. The deep dive talented researchers. I want to meet the person who is like, you know what I'm doing this afternoon? I can't talk for long because I'm writing Billy LaBounty's Wikipedia page. Oh, man. Or, yeah, I got to do a talk on him. He was initially a singer-songwriter in the soft rock genre, first as a member of the band Fat Chance, and later as a solo artist. Fat Chance is a great name for a record. Um, Especially, like... A, a band made of divorced dads in their 50s? Oh, yeah. Like, what? Fat chance. You're going to get a record deal. <laughs> Just fat chance and everything. <laughs> what a terrible name. 
<laughs> That's just like calling you, calling you guys suck. <laughs> What's your band called? Uh, Fat Chance? <laughs> shitty. <laughs> go shitty. It's a bunch tonight. of guys in Levi's Dockers playing in someone's basement, but they all have Marshall stacks, like the best yeah, gear the you could ever player, have. The- the bass player's got the goalie stick, but it's a bass. One of those styles. Bad <laughs> chance. Goalie, go, goalie stick bass. <laughs> Ask me what my favorite band is. Hey, uh, what's your favorite band, man? Uh, Fat Chance. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hey, did you hear about? It. Man, are you going to see Fat Chance tonight? <laughs> Fat Chance, you can get in. I wonder um, if he's le- when he left when Bill LeBounty left. He's like, "Hey, do you think I want to stay in this group for the rest of my life?" Fat chance and walks out the door. <laughs> um, his first charting single, "This Night Won't Last Forever," was covered in 1979 by Michael Johnson, whose rendition was a top 20 pop hit, and eventually also covered by country supergroup Sawyer Brown. In the early 2000s. Ooh, that's, that's big. That sleeveless mask. <laughs> In the mid-80s, so, he shifted his focus to country music, and as here we go, co-written several songs, including Steve Warner's number one hits, Linda, The Weeknd, and I Got Dreams. Many of his songs were written with his wife, Becky Foster. It's who he was with the whole time? Well, doesn't say otherwise. He and Becky were pretty tight. So yeah, okay, here we go. Guys. He wrote a Brooks and Dunn song, wrote a Lone Star oh, song. Man. He's pounding A couple it. Shenandoah songs with Alison Krauss, a Tanya Tucker song, Jimmy Buffett he's, song. <gasps> he's loaded. Now. Here it's it is. <laughs> he wrote a Gino Vanelli song called yeah. Total Stranger. Oh my God! See, it goes all goes deep if it's yacht rock. It goes deep, man. Him. He wrote a Ronnie Millsap song. She loves my car. <laughs> all right, he's the real guy. Right. I've never heard of him. So now we're we're all out of, all about it. So he he well, it sounds like Becky has her own money if she had co writes on all those songs. She doesn't yeah. need Billy's money. <laughs> I'm so into Let's this. Just- they're still together, though. Yeah, they are. Still, Does it got his personal life on the wiki? What's going on there? Bill and Becky. It doesn't say. Oh. It doesn't say. But if you're Bill very and private. Becky, you can never break up. That's adorable. Very, very private guy with lyrics like having myself a time from the whiskey to the wine. Yeah. Well, maybe. Women. Women. Maybe he was living out his fantasies through song. Or maybe mm. maybe Becky is um, maybe they're not together anymore. Who knows? Billy knows. How on so earth did you unearth that song? It's just always around that jam for like uh, the in that world the yacht rock music. From his just in that. That's from his album, <clears throat> Bill the Bounty. Oh, dude. From his website, okay. Here, this. How have I never known this guy? Ready? An accomplished keyboarder and synthesist, LeBounty's worked in studio with such artists as James Taylor, Jennifer Warnes, Patti LaBelle, and Peter Cetera. Yeah, so he's probably crushing it in there anyway. See, all these guys are together all the time. He has a hundred songs recorded by other artists, resulting in twenty-five BMI awards, including ten million performance awards. You know who's sneaky in the art rock world as a session guy on piano is David Foster. He's all over the place. Really? And and then getting producing too, because I think he did a lot of that Peter Cetera stuff. I am a man who But he played uh, he played played, uh, piano on Heartlight. David Foster. Of course he did. Classic. Of course he did. So there's a little Canadianity injected in Heartlight. There's a little Canadianity injected everywhere, if we're being honest. We we watched E.T. as the whole family <laughs> a few days ago. Did it hold it up? Awesome. Oh, yeah. It's great. There was... Uh, 
You know how when you watch old movies, there's parts that you forgot? Like, you, uh... Because I haven't seen it in a long time, but, like, it's basically he goes there, gets pretty banged up, and then, like, he ends up... <clears throat> ends up getting, like, Who going out in the wild. E.T. On... Remember, he's, like, cru- On Pepsi? Like, what do you co- mean? He's... No, he's crushing the Coors in the, in the fridge. Remember, he gets all banged up. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the first thing he does is start drinking beers <laughs> out of the fridge. No, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I probably saw it, like, once when it was in the theaters when I was however years old, however many years old. And it's real. yeah, it's really interesting how they, they play up the, you know, the the adults as being this big evil thing and the guys looking for E.T. as being these big... Uh, the way that, that Steven Spielberg portrays the character, it's all like scary. They don't show the face, you know. So it really is good at portraying that like evil vibe when at, at, then at the end it's like, we just wanted to help you, Elliot. Right? The, the, crazy, the uh, guys that were in the plastic mat, the hazmats. When they're really like trying to dispose chaos. of him like a piece of garbage. Well, that's what you think they are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they could create this, like, all, like, we're going to cut him up and do an autopsy. Does E.T. talk? Yeah, he starts uh, firing up uh, the speaking spell, and that's what gets him going on the on the English. Well, plus he said television. phone home. Like, he, he said phone home, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because he's like a... He's a worker, a worker dude, right? He's not a kid, E.T. He's, like, working with all these other E.T.s, like, picking up plants and getting stuff from, from the ground, right? That's why he, got, he just wandered off and missed the bus. <laughs> Nowhere in the literature for the movie E.T. does it say worker dude. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a worker dude. He's just a little worker dude, that's all. He missed the bus. Well, it's like it's not like he's a little baby that's dropped out or something. He's like he's just out there crushing it. It's exactly the same as Rita McNeil on the episode of Trailer Park Boys. She's just a worker dude who missed the bus and she ends up harvesting dope with them. <laughs> How was your Christmas, bud? It was good. It was uh obviously small and uh vibey. Yeah, but it was good. We just kind of had a nice little dinner and some laughs and watched a bunch of movies and the kids unwrapped their stuff and we all enjoyed everything. It was fantastic. How was yours? Same, like low key, but really nice and uh, fun and simple, which is uh, something I find myself gravitating towards. We played some board games, you know. I yeah. did, uh, I recorded an album of covers for Carol for Christmas, and the girls uh, helped me do a medley, so we did a song on the cover record. Um, yeah. I got a mandolin, so I can actually play oh, you did. Mandolin nice. Rain. Well, not yet, but I will be able to. Um, I got uh, a sign, Carol got a sign made for the new cottage is pretty exciting made it official beautiful um yeah it was really fun and i have to give a shout out to um uh you know our affinity for the city of nashville and how we go there every christmas couldn't go this year but when i was checking into the uh omni hotel in nashville last year which is um arguably our favorite hotel in the world because they have a biscuit bar um at the buffet uh, this guy Carter was working behind the counter and he was like, Hey, are you J rock trailer park fan? And they show up in the craziest of places. So I knew, um, I was trying to figure out what to call my little cover album. And I ended up calling it one night in Nashy, which is how we refer to Nashville. So mm-hmm. we couldn't get to the hotel. So I emailed Carter. I was like, Hey man, I, this, I know this is a weird ask, but do you think you could take some pictures of, the hotel uh, lobby and there's a little kind of lounge in the hotel lobby and I want to get them blown up and framed so that for the listening party for the little record um, it'll feel like we're in Nashville even if we aren't so he was kind enough to take pictures 
and uh, super professional looking one sent them to me. And so um, Carter gets an assist for helping pull off the cover artwork for One Night in Nashi. Ah, love it. Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So, yeah, we, uh, it, it, we're just, because we're locked down here, we're just kind of uh, chilling out. But it was pretty awesome. I thought it was totally going to be a green Christmas two days before, or the day even the morning, Christmas Eve, it was green everywhere and like plus seven. So Beautiful. Like, oh, that's it. That's it. There's no snow coming. And then all of a sudden, this wind started burling. And by one o'clock in the morning on Christmas Eve, uh, the, you know, the actually, yeah, Christmas morning that night, it was just two, two feet of snow everywhere. So Crazy. woke up to not only just snow everywhere, but snowing. And it snowed all Christmas Day like it was, we were inside of uh, one of those little snow globes. Beautiful. Very nice. It was great. So it was actually a green and like 16 degrees here. Oh, really? Yeah, it was so, so it was weird. Warm. Very unseasonably warm. We got lucky with the Christmassy snow and you had the full on green, which was probably hasn't happened in a while right when was the last green christmas you had i can't even imagine yeah that's crazy yeah absolutely crazy um but we're stoked here it was nice it was nice um quality family time uh school's been uh the break has been lengthened so the girls are out till january 11th yeah same here it's crazy how the the less far you travel from home the more of a big deal, like your your world becomes very small. And even now, if I go to Halifax for something, it's an hour away, and I'm like, oh, I should I should probably get home because yeah, your circle's so small when you extend beyond it. Was Lisa's mom there? I, I, no, she. You know, we we would have uh, gone and gotten her, but uh, because she's with Belle, her partner, and just COVID, basically not. Uh, connecting bubbles yeah so you're not allowed but yeah hopefully uh in the new year I, my i did get a note from my jet sent it to me from, they're gonna they're getting vaccines at my mom's long-term care awesome place soon so that's amazing so i'll get to see her soon uh me and the family got a covid test a week and a half ago you did clear Obviously. Yeah, they did it at the school, which is great. Just as a, like, precautionary thing? everybody. Well, it just, they mentioned it in the school, yeah, and just to to get a a testing of the area, I guess, right? Because people can have mild symptoms and not know, so it was just a good way to to get a a gauge, I guess, of our neighborhood. But it was... uh, they did both saliva and the nose bangers. Could you pick? Yeah, I pick, we did uh, three of us or four of us did the saliva and Lisa did the nose. Really? Poker. I guess the nose poker is more accurate. It's, uh, but anyway, we all were negative. So what do you do? You hork in a cup? Yeah, you hork and a you hork and a thing, and then you give it to them, and you and you get your results. I guess you get called by some, you know, the Canada folks will call you if you have have it, and otherwise you look it up online, and you the negative bangs. So what did Lisa say it was like? Wasabi? She said it was not nothing. The nose one, because that's what we were kind of concerned, like because people say it's uncomfortable or whatever. But she said it's absolutely nothing. It's like n- not painful, not uncomfortable. It's just two seconds and it's over. So don't worry if you ever have to do that. Because some people are actually not are saying, oh, I don't want my nose jammed. Right. It hurts. But no. That's a fallacy, Bod. Well, that's good to know. Um, hey, yeah, we got so. Sorry. Go I, ahead. I was going to say, let's take a, a quick break. All right, cool. BRB. Fucking ready. <laughs> it's the Thurston Williams Show New Year's Eve edition. Thanks so much for counting down the top 10 songs of the year with me. Hard to believe. 
But this year is on the way out. New Year's on the way in. In fact, it's time to count down from five, four, in three, two, one. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much for spending, huh? Sorry. Um. Davis? Sorry, yeah. cut. Why is why is that why is that the jam we're playing into uh, into the new year? I well, thought we were gonna go with something a bit more upbeat. Oh, okay. I, I thought we would go for some Michael McDonald. You know, like that song Warren G used. That it's pretty cool. Okay, it's just the the format for this serious satellite station is like the music you need to kind of get you going. You know. Okay. Can we try it again? Good. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> like, I, I don't mean to be a, a, a jerk or whatever. It's just we need to get this in the can. So let's try. Um, no problem. Let's try it again. Just something a bit more like, hey, start of a new year. Like optimistic, kind of aspirational. <clears throat> Here we go. It's the Thurston Williams Show on the Owl FM. Thank you so much for counting down the top 10 songs of the year. Hard to believe. But we're about to say out with the old, in with the new. In fact, we're counting down to a new year. Let's count together. Five, in four, three, two, one. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks so much. Genesis to take us into 2021. Can you think of a better song to kick off the new year? Let's do it another one. Davis, um, I can't think of a single uh, reason why that's the song people would want to hear first in a brand new year. Um, do you have something else uh, loaded? Okay. Uh, yeah, no problem. Okay, I, I, I don't want to know what it is. Just make it just make a good choice. <clears throat> no problem. I take, got you. Take three. <clears throat> <laughs> it's Thurston Williams with you on the end of the year show. Thank you so much for counting down the top 10 songs of the year on the Owl FM. Thanks for sticking with me this year. Can't wait to have you back next year. But now, it's time to usher this year out, bring in a new one. In fact, count it down with me in five. Here comes a new year, four, in three, two, one. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. amazing oh man davis um again let's uh let, let's try to start the year off for people in a way that's a little uh exciting right uh, some optimism people really need optimism so i don't know if betty davis nope. eyes says it okay i got you okay do you want me to suggest a couple songs or, or are you you're pretty confident you got this no, this is my job. Okay. <clears throat> Here comes the <clears throat> next take. You ready? Yep. <sighs> Thurston Williams with you on the Owl FM. Thank you so much for counting down the top 10 songs of the year. Hard to believe, but it's time to usher this one out and ring in the new year together on Owl FM. In fact... Let's count it down. The final seconds of the year. Five, here comes the new year. Four, three, I'm Thurston Williams. Two, thanks for listening to the owl. One, and 
Happy New Year. <laughs> you belong to the city by Glenn Fry. <laughs> and it's like a three minute build up to the start of the song. Let's let Glenn Fry usher in the new year. This is You Belong to the City only on the Owl FM. What is the time to vocal in this song? It's got to be like a minute and 48 seconds. We're already at 50 seconds here. How much does the new year suck if this is how it starts? What is the format of the station that would play this first? <laughs> he comes in at a minute. <laughs> it's only a minute? <coughs> yeah, it's, well, when you're a DJ, it's like an hour, right? Yeah, no kidding. Especially when it's New Year's. <laughs> you it's belong like to the city. The, like, maybe the worst choice possible. <laughs> So as I mentioned, I got um, family or uh, family edition Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. For us to play with the uh, girls and Carol over the holidays, the kids' questions are not exactly softballs. Can I ask you a few questions from the kids' pile? Yeah, I need all the help I can get. This was the year of board games. We got so many. I got a, a 2020 BuzzFeed trivia game. We got the dad joke face-off where, just like we did with Tom Power from Newfoundland, you tell each yeah. other silly jokes and have to keep a straight face. Um, yeah. We got That's a game fun. that I've seen in a lot of those stores that open up just for the month before Christmas called What Do You Meme? Which is actually pretty good. You show everyone yeah. a picture and everyone submits what they think is the best caption for the picture and then uh, the person who's turning it is uh, has got, to guess. We got one of those, it's like a Cards Against Humanity but for kids. Oh, that's but I really, fun. But we're playing it, and I'm like, I really think that this was made by, like, 70-year-olds. Like, pretending they know what kids want. Because uh, there's, like, sayings like, bees, knees, and, like, your uh, boss. I'm like, what is going on here? Where What's do we, kids talk like there's, that? There's no way, man. I'm like, John's like, I don't have any idea what this is supposed to mean. What does so it yeah, mean if you call a friend a, a silly goose? Like stuff like that is like from the 30s? <laughs> the green gown. <laughs> I'm like, I was surprised that wasn't in there. Slanguage. That's a game we should play again sometime <laughs> soon. Yeah, for sure. Okay, here's, so here's the yeah, challenge. Here's the challenge. I'm going to ask <clears throat> you kids questions. But you have to run the table with one whole card. Okay. Okay? Um, the I gotta run the table? Yeah, you have to run the table. Okay. I, th I, think, I think you might have this on the first go. Ready? So yeah. there's a total of six questions. <clears throat> As you know, some are geography, some are arts and entertainment, some are sports, some are science. Yeah. What world-renowned art museum sits along the banks of the Seine River. <clears throat> uh, the Louvre? Yes, one for one. Yeah. Who yeah. is known as the science guy? Sarah Fry, Bill Nye, or Robert oh, Bly? Wow. <laughs> they, give you, they give you multiple choice. Yeah. Bill Nye. Two for two. <clears throat> Bill Nye's been banging today over the holidays. He's oh, yeah, he's been pounding. Crazy video. <laughs> Um, in what rolled doll book do Augustus Gloop, Veruca Salt, Violet Beauregard, Mike TV, and Charlie win golden tickets? The uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, three for three. Yeah. Um, here's a true or false. A stealth plane is invisible to radar. True or false? True. That is true. You're four for six. 
You ready? I'm on. I'm on fear. <clears throat> what sport is Babe Ruth famous for playing? Football, baseball, or ice hockey? Wow. Baseball. Yeah, that'd be a tough one for kids today. Five for six, and to run the card. Which job did George Washington not have? General, governor, or president? General? Ugh. What? Governor. Governor. Oh, I knew it was one of those. I'm going to say five for six. That was My very bad. impressive. It's pretty bad. It's pretty good. Because that George Washington one is, uh, that's a Hail Mary. <laughs> it is. <laughs> do you want to do another kids card? Uh, let me try the adult card. Let's see how. Are you crazy serious? Okay. Is. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. Oh boy. Well, multiple the, choice are probably gone now. I think so. Okay. Well, let's start with a. This is a softball. What artist released a debut album called "Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey"? Springsteins. Yes. How many ingredients are in each contestant's mystery basket on the Food Network show Chopped? How many ingredients? Yeah, that's one of those, like, if you watch the show, you know it. If you don't, you don't. How, what is it again? How, How many, many ingredients are in each contestant's mystery basket on the Food Network show Chopped? One. Four. Damn, how the hell am I supposed to know that? Yeah, I suppose. Okay, I do watch that occasionally, but I don't remember that. Do you? Mystery box. I do sometimes. What name is given to a turkey stuffed with a duck stuffed with a chicken? A duck stuffed with a chicken with a duck. Everything? It's, uh... I don't know, what is that? The first syllable... Is a synonym for poo. Shitsky? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's called. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's it called? A turd duckin. Yeah, I've never. I've now quite heard. I don't really like ducks, so I wouldn't. Uh, you wouldn't know that. that one. Um, yeah. ducks are kind of greasy, right? Yeah. The meat kind of uh, wreaks havoc with your tummy. It does. It's a little greasy. Yep. I know it. I just don't dig it. I think that's why. That's fair, Jeremy. Yeah, what, it's a little too foully for me. What um, memorable <laughs> New Year's Eve gigs do you have? Did you ever do any of those global, like, we're playing outside for... Oh, yeah. We did all of them. For sure. Playing we're outside for global TV? Yep. Campanelli running on stage with Cheryl Hickey styles. Where was that? <clears throat> we did the Niagara one. Uh, we did uh, Mel Lastman way back. Mel Lastman Square. We pounded it out in Brampton one year when it was like minus 25. Oof. The last show I ever did with OLP was a New Year's show. No. <clears throat> yeah. It made it was so banged up. <laughs> he got all banged up and he was uh so banged up that when he was playing started Superman, he turned around, he's like, What's the words? And I'm no like, dude, don't ask me. <laughs> You're asking me for Where was it? <laughs> Vancouver. <clears throat> it was a New Year's show in Vancouver. That was the last show you ever played. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Ringing in twenty fourteen. I guess you, you probably worked more New Year's Eves than you didn't, right? You definitely, for sure. It's yeah. a good money grab night. Always a good grabber, for sure. My dad quit drumming because he didn't get a New Year's gig in 1979. And he's like, if I'm not drumming That's... New Year's Eve, I should not be drumming anymore. He's like, if I can't get a gig, I'm going to quit. <clears throat> so he destroyed all his drums. Which you remember, right? Yeah, I remember the sound of the smashing. What Imagine kind of drums drum were set. they? Drum sets are Ludwig. Drum sets are made to be hit, but when you when they get destroyed, it's a whole new sound. So Symbols. he he had a set of Ludwig drums. Yeah, 
Aren't those pretty yeah, high end? Ludwig's. For sure, definitely, especially in the 70s. Beautiful mahogany. Sound great. Do you have any Studio pictures drums. of that drum set? No, no, nothing. Not a, not a, like I think the lot, there's maybe a set of sticks that stuck around in the 80s a little bit, and that was the end of that <coughs> for memories. How much do you yeah, wish you had those my, drums? I never saw my dad play drums, like at a show or he sat down on mine a couple times. I saw him play tabla, the classical Indian drums, the sit-down ones. Yeah, Mike Clattenburg plays those. Yeah, he played those, and he also he even played those with a show, an OLP show. Like, at a show, that was cool. I remember you saying that. Where and was it? The Opera House, like a special <clears throat> fan invite show. And then we did a radio show with John Stewart hosting. And my dad played on that, too. It was like an... You know, we did some songs with the interviews. So he didn't come out and spend the whole night there. He, like, sat in for a few. Yeah, I sat in for the... I don't know how many songs he did, but yeah. He just kind of hung out and jammed along, which was great. Very cool. So when you saw him sit down behind your kit, could he wail still? Yeah, he could still play. You could tell he could play, for sure. But I'd never seen him, like, in his prime. Which I'm sure was something to see. How big did it get for him? Uh, well, I mean, a professional musician in Yorkville. So wow, I didn't know that. Playing, playing five nights a week in the '60s, and then like he liked playing jazz the most, but it didn't pay great. So he had like a, a rock gig and a jazz gig, and then like cover gig. And, uh, yeah, he ended up, like, one of the bands <clears throat> that he was in did okay. And, uh, like, but he stopped, like, I think they went to New York and to try and do stuff there, and he didn't go. That was about it. Crazy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I didn't know he was a Yorkville guy. I wonder if he ever crossed paths with Gordy. Yeah, I know. I'm sure, because, I mean, there was a small group of people like he remembers like my mom remembers neil young busking in yorkville like playing on the street and uh she like back then like the coffee houses all those bands would be there hanging out or playing so it was like that was kind of the, the scene is that where your parents met probably i assume so because my mom used to go to the coffee shops all the time and that's where my dad played, so I'm sure they met there. It must have been amazing back then, because it was all bars open. Kind of like when you see in what you see in Nashville or in Austin, just with music filling the streets. I can't believe that that miniseries has never been made. Yorkville. I know. <clears throat> well, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of minds that have tried to do it, and I think there is actually some documentaries out there about it, but not like it should be, with the people that are actually coming up there, like the band, and like not to mention all the American artists that would come up there to play, and European, British, the British rock stars would like everyone would get together in Toronto. And I think that's where <clears throat> said Mar- Mary Martin, who worked for uh, Bob Dylan, her his manager. And anyway, they met. That's where they met. The band was in Toronto. Like he came up to see them. That's, that's something. And I think it was the Hard Rock Cafe, like where it was in Toronto. No that way. Was apparently a spot, yeah. See, my plan was, because I, I was low-key thinking about trying to pursue a miniseries um, probably 10 years ago. And my plan was like, Sean Mendez plays Robbie Robertson. So you cast the stars of today, Canadian stars, to play the big names from back then. And because it's such a distinctly Canadian story, but it has global appeal because of who was there. 
Yeah. Well, I think it would probably play best as a documentary with interviews of all those people, right? Like of how things really went down. Yeah. Now, um, Martin Scorsese did the Bob Dylan No Direction Home, like that kind of thing, where it's really in-depth and super informative. <clears throat> like if they had all the people working with Albert Grossman at the time or and... Uh, like, cause woods, like the whole concept of Woodstock and everybody going to that as a musical place—that's a whole other insane history of American music of artists going to a place just to create music, just to get away from the city. Was that the origin of Woodstock? Hmm. Was that the origin of Woodstock? Yeah, basically. I mean, I think it was. Uh, Dylan and the band and Van Morrison were all the, it was kind of them that popularized that spot where there was just a lot of artists living and there was just a great feeling of uh, creativity. And obviously there was that in probably Soho in the early 60s in New York, but I'm sure by the mid to late 60s it wasn't like that at all there. So they were probably trying to find another spot that was pure right <clears throat> this bud named Stuart henderson wrote a book called making the scene yorkville and hip toronto in the 1960s that i read which is very in-depth and he mm -hmm. obviously did a crazy amount of research to tell those stories of the people that were there i guess there are two ways to do it one is you do a documentary and i feel like some version of that exists um and the second is you make a fictitious series based on the stories from people who were there at the time and mm. just cast it like there's a Gordon Lightfoot yeah. type, but it's not actually Gord, you it's know, in the way that the done. series Nashville did, but it's just yeah, a period sure. series set in the sixties. That would be wicked. Well, yeah, exactly. That's like kind of like a pop version of what, what it is, right? That would sell for sure. Yeah. And that way you own the rights to all the songs and stuff. That's what we should do, Jer. Yorkville the series. Um, <laughs> it would Shawn be fun. Mendes. Yeah, with Sean Mendez. With as, like the, the big looking in the, the camera shots at the beginning. Yeah, and sweaty bicep stuff. Yeah, I can't afford the rent. What am I supposed to pay the rent with this month? My sweaty biceps? I'm just working out here at Young and Eglinton in my little house. Right. Who is he again? Robbie Robertson. Oh, yeah. I'm just going out to visit Rick and, and Richard out in Stratford. <laughs> and then there's terrible casting of like a couple characters like Rick Mercer as the Neil Young character. And you're like, I don't know if that's... Oh my doesn't God. really... <laughs> oh, oh, let's do it right now. <coughs> like worst casting. The ever. worst casting? <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Bruce Coburn played by who? The kid, the kid Bad from, casting? The kid from A Christmas Story. <laughs> well, that's actually not bad. I don't know what he looks like now. But like really like, oh, okay. I see what they sort of meant. There's a guy named Gabriel Hogan who's on Heartland and he's a journeyman Canadian actor and a good one. But he's sort of like a jacked, handsome, handsomer version of Bruce Coburn. That would be like, uh, sort of. Who would play Ronnie Hawkins? <laughs> like, I, I kind of like Stephen Page. Someone that's what? like, okay. <laughs> like, it, it, it's not even close. I was thinking like Greg Keeler. Oh, well, see, that's good. <laughs> right? He's, like, telling everybody, you don't know nothing, son. See, when I had this idea, um, I'm, and I'm sure, like you say, lots of people have had it. It's a great idea because it's such a huge story. But at the time, it was, like, Alanis as Sylvia Tyson and Sarah McLaughlin as Joni Mitchell. And if you went to those people and said, do you want to play your heroes in the story of this time... I feel like that would be a quite a kick for them. Right? For sure. Don't you think Sarah would want to play Joni Mitchell in a thing? What an honor. 
Yeah. But I don't know if Sean Mendez wants to play Robbie Robertson. Or if The Weeknd wants to play Bruce Coburn. Bruce Coburn. In any event, a series set there would be wicked. I was, series. I was thinking about you last night because we started to watch Soul on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I saw it. Did you? It's great. What yeah. What did you think? Well, I kind of think it's 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 getting to the point now where I think Pixar are making movies for adults that look like kids can watch them. You know oh, interesting. I mean? Yeah. That's what I feel like because there's so much information going in that movie where it's like, okay, how the hell is a kid supposed to figure out any of this stuff? But they put it in a way where visually... You kind of take in a lot of information as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it was a genius movie in a way because there's so much information. You probably have to watch it like freaking three times to get. Did your kids watch it with you? Yeah, 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 definitely. And did they dig it? They enjoyed it. And yeah, they dug it and cried and we all kind of cried. But it was not it's not one of those like. uh, uh, Full on like. uh, Toy Story styles, where it's obvious. It's just really kind of um, interesting because it's like sonically different, like yes. the music. Like they got Trent Reznor and someone did this, the soundtrack. So there's definitely a whole like there's they broke the genre in that regard. So it's like it's they have that sound the sounds. Not it felt like a Wii game. You know the music on the Wii. Uh, screen before you're playing a Wii game with the like I call it coma music, <laughs> right? Like the <laughs> low key hold pattern like stuff. Yeah, the coma jams. So there was that happening, that really kind of dreamy ethereal vibe, and that's it was so pressing the audio throughout the the movie too. So that like it just really was coming at you on a whole a lot of different angles, and. Uh, yeah, it's really deep, right? It's got a lot of levels, so I think uh, I have to check it out again. That's what Shug said. Shug turned to me about half an hour in and said, "This is it's deep," and and yeah. I kept asking, like, "Are you guys enjoying this? Are you into it?" And they they were both like, "Yeah, I I kind of want to see where it's going," and you know, we talked about uh, afterwards, like what we're only halfway through, but what do you think the point is going to be or what do you think it is? And I would argue they might be tracking the story better than I am. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean by the... Because there's a lot of examples of what's happening visually as as, as well as explaining it. Because if you just focus on what they're saying as opposed to what's happening around you, it's like it's almost too technical. Yeah. So you start overthinking what's going on. That's what I found, <clears throat> but it's just like I don't know. It's 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 like trying to teach quantum physics to a dummy. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, the whole vibe. But I like <laughs> that it was. Um, it's like jazz music. Mm-hmm. That's so such such a cool in point. I think. And from- it's interesting. Sorry, it's interesting that they use. Like, it starts out with him playing piano and then hearing these other melodies and rhythms in the inherent rhythm. Yeah. Which is kind of like quantum physics, in a sense. Because you start creating a groove that you never knew was there, and it's actually kind of complicated to make that groove feel good because it's over the bar line that everybody's used to. If that makes any sense, you know? Like, you're... It's, it's using rhythm against the rhythm, kind of like gears in a clock, where one's turning one way and the other one's turning another way, but it's all to get to a, a different area where you're speaking on a di- so many different ways. And it's really f- kind of almost jumbled, but it's also very together and connected. That's pretty much math and quantum physics, where... You, you see one thing and there's all this other stuff happening or the possibilities that are available. What a great way to put it. Such yeah. an interesting way to think of it. Well, because drums is all that. Like when you're playing 
a 4-4 pattern, like a dunt, bat, dunt, bat, you, th that's what you hear, but you can go over that bar line, um, like with triplets or like a dunt, 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 do that, dunt, dunt, da, dunt, da, dunt, da, dunt, dunt, like going to again, you know what I mean? Like they call it metric modulation when you're using, you know, different rhythms to, to feel another pattern that's there or even sometimes playing five four like a five beat pattern and a four so it kind of goes it, it comes around every three times or whatever like if you're playing an odd time against an even time if you continue that odd time against the even time it will come around again it just sounds weird to the listener so do you hear <clears throat> do you hear it for lack of a better word acapella in your head or do you think of it as math and then execute that? It's feel. It's all feel. But it's very mathematical if you break it down. Like I would have click tracks that were in different times of what I was recording in the studio because that I needed to feel a different groove. You know what I mean? So if instead of that, 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 you hear that beat. If, if I start thinking of that as instead of da, 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 thinking of that as da, 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 you know, if I start to give it groove, as opposed to just this linear kind of stagnant click, 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 if I turn it into click, 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 I give it a feel, it's easier for me to play with. You know what I'm saying? All the drummers listening are like, okay, I'm going to write that down. Different feel. Yeah. Um, I, I, sort of, I sort of get it. I, I really appreciate the um, savant. There's a song, called, there's, a song called, there's a song called Car Crash on an on a OLP record, and it's like a one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, one. That, that's the pattern. But I had the click going like this. You know, I, 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 it felt more groovy to play like a three over four click as opposed to like a. I rather have it just build a feel or a kind of a loop in my head from a different source to give it more groove are the engineers ever sense. like okay man uh sure <laughs> yeah, for sure definitely but it, i mean it, it it's all about uh working in your own noggin to to give yourself a chance to because once you have a, a feel of that instead of just a bare click it's almost impossible to get it out of your head so much more you know it's got it's like it's something that's dancing with so much rhythm inside the though the so much happening around that that it's like impossible to miss anything i remember um mike stevens our harmonica bud telling me that he sees colors when he plays different notes and i noticed that in soul too when he sits down for his kind of big audition moment as he starts playing gets lost in the music it it uh manifested as different colors i thought that was beautiful yeah exactly that makes perfect sense because yeah you're uh when you're playing that kind of a when you're just expressing uh rhythm and just it's really free and you've practiced enough to build up the vocabulary to go all those other places without it sounding broken and, and disjointed when it's like flowing easy and all over like McCoy Tyner with John Coltrane was l like that even Glenn Gould was like that you know he would just hear these rhythms and uh, create these great that's why the, you hear classical music from hundreds of years ago and it's like what that, how's that sound so modern still it's the because groove yeah, because when you hear rhythm, when it's more, it's it's not just standard fare. 
it, it uh, it's it makes you uh, that's you know it just it's it's uh, that's why they call it timeless because it's always sounds fresh like the Beatles like it never sounds like how come that doesn't sound old it just sounds classic <laughs> you know timeless crazy yeah that originates from drumming it originates from anything where it's like you can't you know like if you see a van gogh painting you're like that's that makes sense that he's so popular because there's it's just bursting with like creativity and something like when you see something for the first time or if you hear a joke that you wish you had thought of it's that same feeling when you see those like a van gogh painting you're like whoa man like it's just so much it's so defined and it's so uh it just projects you know the way that you could if you go 30 feet away it's still banging you know what I mean? If you go close to it or further back, it just gets more and more intense. Like, I remember seeing the Mona Lisa, and I was like, holy fuck, man. <laughs> like, wow. Come on. I, I thought I was going to be like, um, what's the big deal? It's just a painting of some girl. But I was like, wow. I was just so blown away by the, uh, it looks so real, and it's just such a, capture of an emotion that's like on the on the edge you know what I mean it's like you can't you can just see like he somehow not just he's captured uh beauty and and this this woman's expression but he, he captured an expression that's just kind of unbelievable if you think about how you know how he painted with the anatomy and the idea of muscles and knowing that if you move your uh, eye one way, there's muscles in your face that will change your your mouth. You know what I mean? Like he knew that much about it. And when you see his work, Leonardo da Vinci stuff, it's like it feels human because it's so perfect. Did you cry? No, but I was blown away. And... uh I think if I knew more about Mike, if I knew more about Leonardo da Vinci, then I would probably cry. But I knew more about Vincent Van Gogh and his art, and I just couldn't believe how you know uh, how incredible it was the first time I saw it. So I think it was like I saw all those Michelangelo and Monet and all that at this in the same day. So I was really knocked out, but it was the Van Gogh stuff that really took me. And DiCaprio. I went to the I went to the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it was incredible. Love it. The, the amount of stuff they have in there. You're just blown away. Like you only need to see a couple to get the vibe, but when you go in there and it's just so much and they have stuff underneath in the basement that, that they don't even show you. Right. Here's five or six just leaning against a wall stacked. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Fifty million dollar paintings well guess what jared it's time for us to van go bud it's time for us to van go bud happy new year man Have a happy good one. new year to you and to all the buds yeah thanks for sticking with us another year buds yeah exactly it was a great one and it wasn't a great one but 2021 is gonna be banging no kidding your mouth to god's cut off ear bud bye now